Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and passionate about helping more women to understand and accept their amazing ADHD brains. After speaking to many women just like me, and probably you, I know there is a need for more health and lifestyle support for women newly diagnosed with ADHD. In these conversations, you'll learn from insightful guests, hear new findings and discover powerful perspectives and lifestyle tools to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and purposeful life wherever you are on your ADHD journey. Here's today's episode. I'm delighted to announce that the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast is now being sponsored by TheHerbTender.com. And as we all know, modern life can feel pressurized and at any one time, our bodies are dealing with a range of stress factors that could be physical, mental, emotional, biological, or environmental, and even more so with ADHD. So these supplements have been designed with ADHD in mind due to one of the co-founders being diagnosed later on in life. And the Herb Tender offers a range of different supplements, all formulated with adaptogens and functional mushrooms to help manage the stresses of modern day living, enabling us to live a healthier, calmer and more focused life. Now, adaptogens may sound like a bit of a buzzword at the moment, but what they do is powerful. They can find equilibrium, whatever the cause of the imbalance, and they possess numerous beneficial powers from reducing stress to aiding sleep to enhancing focus and performance and immunity. So the herb tender supplements are expertly formulated and they are naturally effective. So these herbs have been used safely for centuries. These powerful, intelligent herbs and mushrooms normalize our internal systems, regulate physiological function and restore metabolic balance. Now, I've been taking these supplements regularly for the past few weeks and can really notice a difference, which is why I'm talking about them today on the podcast. And as you probably know, I'm a firm believer in building our resilience and empowering ourselves with new and evolving tools, which is why I love the Herb Tender supplements, because they support the body's ability to recalibrate in the face of stress. Now, I have a few favourites of mine and probably for anyone with ADHD. These ones include the Focus and Clarity supplement, which has obvious benefits for our ADHD brains taken during the day. So whenever you need to get your head down and focus, um, I would take these about an hour before and they are fantastic. And there's another one called the Calm and Collected, which is amazing. I take this at the end of the day, sort of winding down in the evening when we sort of just need to make that shift that we don't have to be productive anymore. It helps manage our anxiety and contributes to better sleep and even helps us wake up feeling calmer in the morning. So the Herb Tender are kindly offering my UK listeners a one-week trial pouch of either the Calm and Collected or the Focus and Clarity. So all you have to do is pay for the shipping. So this is a great opportunity to try before you properly buy. And I do apologise that this is only at the moment for my UK listeners. So we've created a link for each product. Just head to the show notes and you will find a link to getting the Focus and Clarity and the Calm and Collected supplements for free with just the postage that needs paying. And if you are interested in learning more about the different supplements, head to the-herbtender.com. Now on to the podcast. So hi, everyone. Welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I am Kate Moore-Youssef. 
And today we are talking about a concept that I am absolutely fascinated in. And we have Gemma Mercer here, who is a transformation coach for mothers. She is a matrescent educator and she's based here in Weatherby in the UK. Now, she is coaching women individually and in the workplace, helping them merge their ambitions, roles and responsibilities when juggling family life. And uh, yeah, I'm just delighted to have you here, Gemma, and, and excited to sort of delve into this, this terminology that I'm not familiar with sort of officially, but I'm sure sort of my work, my life and everything has been based around this. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a true pleasure because you have been a massive part of my ADHD discovery, I guess, and where I'm up to in life at the moment. So I'm really pleased to be here. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, Gemma, tell me a little bit about, I mean, we'll get onto your sort of ADHD journey um, in a little while, but this terminology, if someone's sort of saying, what, what does she just say? It's matrescence, isn't it? Have I pronounced it correctly? have and so many people say that to me they're like please before we get any further can we just talk about the fact that I've never heard this word and uh, <laughs> saying it properly uh, yes you have said it properly I pronounce it matrescence matrescence is a word that I am on this mammoth mission at the moment to try and give every mother every woman every mother the opportunity to understand and so few are even aware it exists, if I'm honest. So if I start with the sort of definition and then I'll move into why I think it's important, really. Um, so matrescence in its, in its essence was first coined in the 70s. It is a term that means the transformation or becoming of a mother. And within that, it is this radical identity shift. So I'm sure any of the women listening who are mothers and you're nodding already, you know, it, it, being a mum impacts us so much more than physically or hormonally. It impacts us from a social perspective, it impacts us physically, hormonally, emotionally, spiritually. Every single aspect of who we are and who we've always been prior to Let's face it, it starts actually when you consider having a child or you pee on that first pregnancy stick. You know, that the, the person that you were all those years is quite literally split in two. As soon as you become a mum, we, we go through what we term the inner split, whereby you're in this world of push-pull, all you've ever known your entire life. So for me, 32 years of being this particular version of myself is completely turned on its head because the competing devotions of being you and having your own needs, wants and desires, overnight, your main role and responsibility is keeping this tiny human safe and alive. And not many of us give very much, if any, thought into that before we enter motherhood. It's, I don't know about you, but it, for me, it was what travel system am I going to have? Like, what car seat? Where's the baby going to sleep? Am I going to try and breastfeed? We don't really look at, so, okay, what about my career? What about my home life, my relationships? You know, time for me just don't really get looked at. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, listen, I the shift I know for me was obviously physical, it was psychological, it was spiritual, it was hormonal, 
And definitely my, my neurodiversity or my ADHD kept with each child, you know, hormonally, it kind of kept presenting itself. So, and I was quite young when I had my first child, you know, I, comparatively to, to my peers and my friends, I was 25. So I don't even think I knew who I was anyway, let alone knew myself as a mother. And then each child, I think, I, I birthed, but there was like a, another version of me that came out and I can always track where I was, you know, that year of, of giving birth, you know, emotionally and what was coming through in the books I was reading, my hairstyle, um, all the different things, you know, the way my business went or my career went afterwards. So it's actually, you know, something like you say, we sort of take for granted, but actually it's so monumental, isn't it? It's absolutely massive. And that's why, I mean, for me, when I first heard about matrescence, I was going through a really challenging time. You know, I personally had stepped away from this corporate identity that I had always had. And I know each of us have our own journey with how sort of careers and ambition works out after having kids, but everything I'd ever known about myself masking my ADHD symptoms as well was wrapped up in this perfectionist go-getting superwoman really that was always overachieving I was scared of failure of absolutely I was driven by being you know scared of failing but it was on the surface it was all about doing everything and overnight like babies are a messy <laughs> not mm. just in the sort of nappy sense like life is difficult the organization the multitasking the range of skill set that you need to be able to function in what let's face it modern day society deems as being a good mum it really really knocked me the first time in my life I was not in a place where I could suddenly control every aspect of what I was doing because this tiny human was uh, occupying everything so yeah it's big well I mean what you were working in a corporate job when you got pregnant what was your role what were you doing there so my role I was my last role was international marketing manager for a big medical organization so I'd worked there for over 10 years and I gradually progressed up the ladder um, and it was actually when I was trying to fall pregnant that I stepped away because IVF was, it was a very complex issue, but essentially my stress levels, I was making myself, not that I realised at the time quite how much, I was making myself really poorly with just putting yeah. more and more pressure on myself to be this person that everybody around me thought I was. Um, and ultimately fertility was becoming challenged as a result and the doctors did say to me that until you de-stress there is nothing medically wrong with you but until you find a way of slowing yourself down IVF is really what we're looking at so I was in a very privileged position that my husband looked at me and said right hair falling out is not a good look for you like we need to do something and um, I stepped away then fell pregnant within three months. I mean, my IVF drugs arrived and my period didn't, like bonkers, amazing story. But the reality is that at that point, I realized that it is for some women, but for me, going back into that, work, that world of, of putting myself under that much pressure was just not going to be the choice I was gonna make. And it was probably only three four I mean I had two children when I realized I just felt so lost and that was my matrescence 
coming into play because I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know who I was anymore. And it was when I heard somebody first talk about matrescence. It was a bit like when I heard, first heard somebody talk about ADHD in, <laughs> in women. This light bulb around me just went off and thought, this is it. This is what I'm experiencing. I'm not mad. I'm not the only one that's finding this difficult. I am changed as a result of being this person. And of course, that is completely unsettling for me. And I'm not supposed to know what to do. I'm not supposed to have all the answers. Um, so yeah, went down in, in truly ADHD fashion, went down this warren of exploration, learning all about it and now now coaching it. Wow. So it's, I mean, it's fascinating because it's this identity shift, isn't it? This unknown and no one tells you. No one really sort of, because I think maybe it's this gradual or maybe we don't understand it or, or there's not, like you say, there's not been a word for us to talk about. You know, we can sort of say, oh, actually, you know, I do feel different now. I've had a baby or we go back to our old corporate jobs or any, you know, career that we had where, like you say, we're sort of white knuckling, cortisol fueled, adrenaline fueled, masking. And I'm talking sort of maybe from an ADHD perspective, but I think a lot of other women, you know, neurodiverse or not, can can really um, relate to is that there's this feeling of, is this what I really want to do? Is this how I want to show up in the world? Is this how I want to be a mum? You know, do I want to be stressed constantly? But also this, I, I think I had a spiritual awakening. Um, definitely it was around my, so I had my third daughter in 2011, sorry, my third child in 2011. And for whatever reason, that kick-started something that I was very kind of much more like, okay, there's something much bigger at play here. And I started understanding and reading a lot more about my um, my spirituality and all things like that. So, yeah, I feel that it was maybe my matrescence kind of coming back into play, but talking to me a little bit louder. I mean, you you mentioned before about adolescence. So why do we hear so much about adolescence, but this term matrescence is just not bandied around at all? Yeah, well, very good question. So it is, it is, it was first coined um, in, like I say, in the 70s, but it wasn't brought to light until Dr. Aurelie Athin more recently likened it to adolescence. And it's so... For me, this is when it really starts to come to life, because if you think in its isolation, matrescence in itself is just one word. But if you look at it through the lens of like adolescence, that's when we start to be able to use it to see ourselves exactly as you've just said, through this new lens of being able to A, see yourself through the kindness, because just like an adolescence does, you know, we don't beat a child when, or not beat a child over the head with, with all these expectations because they don't know what they're doing from becoming a child to a teenager. They, we give them grace. We give them space to work out what they're looking for in life, what their ambitions are. We slowly give them this new expectation around us and the world starts to see them differently and let them discover themselves differently. And that's no difference for a woman moving into motherhood. She's not supposed to wake up one day like an 18-year-old would, oh, fully ready to polish their shoes and iron their shirt and get out to work she doesn't have that experience to go on so um that's when it starts to bring this into into actually something useful 
And as I said, Dr. Orly Athens, she talked about it like it was words create worlds. So no longer is matrescence just a word. It is actually, it gives you the words to articulate how you're feeling, why you're feeling so different, why you're putting these expectations on you to feel a certain way or behave a certain way. Because let's be honest, we live in a world where society expects women rightly or wrongly, to be able to get on and do everything. And, you know, just as you talked about, we are a generation whereby we can do everything. Feminists work damn hard to be able to get us to be able to go out to work and strive to succeed in every possible way. But somewhere along the line, somebody has to be the primary carer. And most of the time that falls in the land of being the female. So it is a really interesting internalization of pressure that we find ourselves in because if you think to yourself what being a good mum looks like and then you compare that to being a successful woman well those two archetypes completely contradict one another so the woman is left silencing her own needs pushing down her own feelings and to make sure that she is being agreeable to what society expects. And so what do we do? We just push harder, we just keep going, putting ourselves under more pressure. And that's, you know, to, to put a full loop to, to my story, that is why I found it so unsettling because, as I say, I'd managed to mask my challenges up until that point, but it was only then where I wasn't able to do it perfectly other people were finding the preparation needed to get two young children out of the door on time much, much easier than me and through no fault of my own, you know, and and, and that's where all of the negative shame and, and feelings can come in if people don't understand this. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you're sort of alluding to, to ADHD here and, and um, for sure, you know, I hear this all the time, at least myself included, that from a hormone perspective it definitely brought it to the surface whereas before I did always notice it was there but it was potentially not as um I don't know maybe it wasn't it wasn't as challenging for me but as you know I was having more and more children my executive functioning and also my identity and my self-esteem as someone that had ambition mm -hmm. that was creative that wanted to be fulfilled from a career perspective that wasn't happening um, and that's also very dif difficult because, you know, being at home all the time with a child and you've got lots of, you know, things going on in your head and you want to be able to put things out in the world and you're feeling, you're feeling stifled. And I know you mentioned about archetypes. Um, first, let's go. We'll, we'll park the archetypes for a second. I want to go back to the ADHD. So when did you um, start realising that actually ADHD has been there for you for a long time? And I know you, you talked to you, you've gone to the doctor and um, there's a waiting list. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the realisation of the ADHD for you and how that has um, helped inform you on this journey, you know, helping other women. Um, so we're talking within the last nine to 12 months, I've been aware um, because like so many of us, unfortunately, the stereotype was all I ever saw ADHD as. And um, it was actually another mum friend who had recently been diagnosed, who was talking about her situation and 
I thought, my God, I can't believe this. So without saying anything up front, I went away, got onto the podcast like I did and found yourself. And obviously then the unravelling of all the understanding came through and it was just so validating to, to, to finally see I was hearing people talk about exactly how I had been living my life um, in a positive way, that this wasn't something that I was doing wrong. This was actually the way that my brain was working. And there was just so many pieces of my life that I can now, you know, I, I don't remember a great deal of my childhood in terms of my learning types and that sort of thing. But I do now I'm able to start putting the pieces together and to why I've had certain difficulties um and so yeah that was what gave me the confidence really to go to the GP and yeah I'm now in the process I'm probably nine months into the wait of the they're saying it's a two where I am it's a two-year wait for you know fully getting assessed yeah yeah and what's interesting that you mentioned that you don't really remember lots of parts of our childhood and I, I'm totally the same but what's happened is that as my kids have got older and I'm seeing how they study how they revise how what they're struggling with I'm getting like flashbacks you know really like I've got one daughter who is doing her GCSEs next year and she's sort of first year GCSEs and she's really struggling with you know some of the sciences and the maths memory retention understanding it breaking it down concentrating and it's just like literally brought me back to my science classes, just looking at everyone else and thinking, what what have they been told that I haven't been told? Why are they getting it? And I just can't get it. And this is exactly how my daughter verbalized to me last night in tears, saying to me, I just don't understand why it's not going in. I don't understand. And thankfully, you know, she's being she's on route to being um, diagnosed and, and being medicated and she's open to that. Um, you know, just maybe just to see her through her exams. I don't know. We'll see. But it's enabling me to unlock parts of my childhood which have been, you know, put away. And actually, just before um, we came onto the podcast, I was writing on my Instagram about small t traumas and having undiagnosed ADHD and not understanding why we have these like perfectionist traits, why we always, um, you know, trying not to fail, always, you know, it's that analogy of, you know, the legs like flailing underwater and trying to seem calm, you know, above water. That in itself is just little T traumas throughout our life. And that keeps our nervous system always hypervigilant, overregulated, hyperstimulated. Um, and, and this is when we get that recognition of how ADHD has shown up in different ways. It's like, oh my goodness. But I think when we have our kids and then we we go through all of that and we recognize, oh, look at all the other mums getting out the house and they're not sweating and they're not, you know, racing into like a, a mother and baby class 10 minutes late and with a baby crying and getting a bottle out that's not been prepared and all things like I used to just be like that. I used to just just flap around in a frenzy and other mums would just always be, it would just be easier. Um, but I then found my pattern. I just, I think I just recognized that I just needed to do things in my way. And intuitively, I stopped feeling like I needed to go to every baby class. And intuitively, I felt like I can't get to that coffee meeting or that thing or this, this walk because it was going to put extra pressure on me. So intuitively, I started making, you know, more compassionate, forgiving, you know, accommodations for myself. But that was further down the line. 
Um, so tell me a little bit about what you were saying about archetypes. I love anything to do with archetypes. <laughs> is this something that you involve in your in your coaching for women to be able to understand this intersection of all the different, is it the expectations that we put on ourselves from that society puts on ourselves? Yeah, 100%. And it's so fitting with what you've just said, actually, because what you've done with ADHD is exactly what I've done with my matrescence and understanding that I have to allow myself that time to press pause so that I can Start with self-kindness, start with self-kindness. And that comes back to, like I talked about with the adolescents, you know, we're not supposed to know exactly how this is going to work out for us. We're not supposed to feel a certain way all the time. It's okay to have different, we're humans. We are allowed to feel and think different things at any one time. So feeling that frustration of hitting that maternal wall again, because you haven't managed to get out and do the thing that you put your mind to, that you have this aspiration to be able to do. The child is there with its own needs. So you have this constant push pull of wanting to do these things for yourself, but also having the responsibility and want to do nothing more than look after this amazing thing that you've managed to create. So, um, yeah, we start with the self-kindness piece and then we look at values and strength that we find within ourselves. So what I mean by that is redefining what we see as value and that comes into yeah okay every one of us here based on our own experience based of our own you know people of influence will have an idea of what we see as a good mother whether you're trying to be like your mum or the exact opposite we will all have something that we're striving to achieve and then absolutely this in the same vein you will also have ideologies of what it looks like for you to be successful as your own person And that's where I say this conflict comes in because we are living in this world of this new identity, this push-pull between the person that we've always thought ourselves to be and now this completely new element. You know, it's like living in a home that you've lived in for 30 years and discovering that that new extension takes on this whole new part of your world. It's just bonkers to think that that same person in that same body can have these new responsibilities. And I think what's important with this is recognising strength as I'm doing a bloody good job in very challenging circumstances and allowing yourself to redefine what you see as your key values, your core values for this moment in time, because that's really important with all of this. You, you mentioned it as well. Every baby you had, you saw your matrescence evolve into that new element. And that doesn't stop. You know, people often say to me, gosh, I wish I'd had the knowledge of what you're talking about when I had my babies. And I stop them and I say, you've still got that opportunity. When your kids are flying the nest going off to university, that's going to shake your self-identity all over again. Every single season of motherhood is going to bring with it new challenges. We all know that. And so it's seeing, well, what you live for now and what you see as important in your life in this moment, for me, with a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, that's going to be very different in two, four, six, ten years' time. And I need to be able to move with fluidity and self-kindness through that because, my ambitions and my you know goals in life will continue to evolve and and that's what 
this when I say it's more than just a word it gives us that ability to start looking at what we want now in this moment yeah yeah I mean it's interesting because my the podcast that I um did before this was called the ambitious mum mm. and it was literally I mean I, I clearly was trying to maybe articulate all of this but I didn't have the word for matrescence and the podcast was 100% of me navigating being a mum with all the ambitions and all the uh, purpose and the things that I wanted to do and that the butting of the heads of wanting to be a good mum and wanting to really kind of like step into that place but also like what about us as a person who wants to do the things with their career or or wants to maybe learn more about themselves evolve um lean more into like all the spirituality and all the different things um and a lot of the conversations we, we had were sort of based on um self-kindness forgiveness um awareness recognizing perhaps that we we have these tools within us but it's kind of like peeling away layers as well of i think sometimes you know we do evolve 100 percent as, as mums we do when we learn things about ourselves but also i wonder if there's a level of of it being like layers being shedded you know and we're getting to the more authentic version of ourselves because before we have kids I do think our priorities are very different and we see life as a much more sort of um, materialistic surface, you know, level perspective. And then as we have our kids, it life gets like really intense. And with that, our feelings and emotions become much more intense. And so we're more authentic um, and the rage and the anger and the sadness and the resentment and the fear and all the things that come into play are very, very real. So I do think our kids allow us to step more into that authentic space if we welcome it in, because it is very easy for us to just kind of numb, go back to our jobs. And, you know, great if we can go back to our jobs and feel ourselves. That's an amazing thing. I'm not saying that everybody has this huge awakening and has to like completely revolutionize their life. But I guess it's coming with more of an understanding of who we are and how we want to show up authentically. I'm just interrupting today's episode because I want to let you know about a brand new workshop that I am planning. It's called Tapping Into Your ADHD Gold and it's happening on Tuesday the 14th of March at 12pm UK time. Now I speak to so many of you and so many of you tell me that you feel like there's unfulfilled potential, that if you'd known about your ADHD you would have done things differently. And now with this new diagnosis, we see life and our desires through a new lens. I want to help you tap into that goal that has always, always been there. And sometimes with ADHD, we don't know how to get out of our heads. We do often come to a point of self-sabotage. And I really want in this workshop to help guide you through those limiting beliefs, those old stories that have been holding you back, the knowledge that you didn't know that was there and help you come out of that stuck loop into those amazing desires, incredible ideas that you have and get them into action. Now, this can be about your career. This can be about your lifestyle. It can be about anything that you want to start living to that full potential. So if you are interested, this is a new way of working with me. This is a two hour workshop, by the way. So we will have a break in between, but this is going to be quite deep, powerful work. We're going to be going into the old beliefs, the old stuff, and we're going to clear and we're going to release. We're going to use some EFT. We're going to really get into the nooks and crannies of what you believe has been holding you back. 
And then we're going to start using some really powerful visualizations, manifesting desires, talking about the things that we want and really coming up with an action plan, practical steps and ideas. So this can be anything with regards to a business, anything entrepreneurial, but it can also just be about changing your life. Now you understand your ADHD brain better. And included in this prize, I'm offering an accountability live group session with me the week after. So this is going to be another hour with me really going into the practical steps. Maybe you've got some questions. Maybe you want to bounce some ideas off with the other group members and really get you over that line. So it's called Tapping Into Your Gold. It's on the 14th of March. It's 12 till 2. And then the week later, it's just going to be an hour. So that's three hours with me. Go onto my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk or head to the show notes and all the details are there. I do keep coming back to career because I do, I mean, you probably find this with a lot of your clients that do they have this almost a revelation that they're, they're in the wrong career or their purpose has changed or they want to fulfill themselves it, it you find that is it, that they come to you and they're like, I don't want to go back to who I was before. Absolutely. So it's it, it's yeah. fascinating. It's almost like there is this. Obviously, we're always on a spectrum with any of these things, but there is definitely a proportion of women who, quite literally, will do anything to get back to where they once were, and they will keep pushing, and they will keep pushing, and they will keep striving to be exactly the same as they once were. Um, and so they will come to me that saying. I'm just I'm I'm burning out quite frankly like this is too much I really hold myself with such high expectations to continue doing exactly what I've always done and we work together to just say right okay let's slow down and we can still do all of those things but maybe let's just try to modify things slightly so that you can make allowances for everything else in life that's going on for you right now and then there's the other end of the spectrum where people are in a position where they've chosen to step back from that ambition or career or absolutely want to change into doing something else but they don't quite know what that looks like so a lot of the women I come to we talk about right let's find your spark again let's go right back to basics you're a mum that's wonderful you love being with your kids you feel very privileged to be able to do that on a daily basis but it's okay that you're also feeling quite a lot of resentment build up because you don't know well you don't do anything for you anymore so we we work with those mums to go right back to what brings you joy like you not just being mum you and so so yeah there's definitely a big variance in where people sit on that but for sure there's not and and for sure it's not just what you immediately think you're going to be I think we can all relate to that once you've had a baby things do change and you might feel very differently about what you want out of life Um, and so that is essentially I mean that is a lot of what I say to, to to clients on the daily is which let's redefine it if you could have exactly where you want you know if you could have what you want right now let's try and find a way to get you that balance essentially um is it and sometimes it's hard to even visualize that because I think as women you know in our generation of you know I'm gonna 30s 40s maybe sort of like 50s that where we've been told you know 
get a good education, go to university, get a good job. You can do it all. You can have it all. And the feminism and all of that. And it, it is amazing. But we're still in a position of this sort of patriarchal society where the big bosses are still probably the men. And they don't want women, you know, who are going to be bearing children at the helm and then asking for like four days and asking to leave at four o'clock. And then they've got to go to the sports day. And then they said, I mean, it's just ridiculous that women are expected to operate as men in if you are in these corporate situations, unless you've got fantastic bosses and a great team and an understanding team. But if you're working in those conditions where you're like, well, you wanted to be here. So, you know, step up to the job. And then you also... You want to still be, you know, lean into that femininity and that maternal instinct and you want to be around for your kids. And we haven't figured it out yet. And women are burning out and mothers can't have what they want and they can't fulfill themselves because they just and it's and it scares me because what do we do then? Oh, we have to take a massive cut, salary cut. We, you know, maybe working in an industry that is, you know, we're, we're over um, educated, we're overqualified. It's hard, isn't it's, it? It's big. And this is, and it's so interesting that you've you've highlighted that because that's, I do a lot of work in the workplace now. So, you know, saying to HR departments, DE&I teams, you know, any leaders that are interested, basically, look, this is absolutely flexible working, sorting out childcare costs, huge, huge societal systemic problems that women are facing. We have to tackle that. But what you can be doing from a grassroots level in your organisation is actually talking to the woman about how she is feeling now, validating that it's hard what she's trying to achieve and allow her that grace to within herself to to, to, to look at it from a holistic point of view. So she's going to come to work. She probably won't be able to make that nine o'clock Zoom call because guess what? Somebody's got to drop the kids off at school. And so we can make such subtle nuances in an environment without having to make radical cuts to working hours, just subtle flexibilities here that will enable workplaces to make these women feel like they're still able to do all of the things that they want to do. Because that's a big part of what I see as well, is that women don't necessarily want to have the you know, lean out of opportunity, step down in career paths. There's a massive benefit to women in being in leadership positions. And we are, unfortunately, our hands are being tied because the reality is, is that women, the children will win. You know, if we're not in a position where we can do both, difficult choices will make, retention at workplaces suffer, and women will have to make that choice to leave. And it's a it's a genuine shame because if if companies were more open to this, and don't be wrong, some are. I'm working with a lot of organisations now, and it's amazing how on board with this people that might surprise you are. But the reality is, is that it is that grassroots change because I've been that person. I was that, I don't know, 26 year old marketing manager without children, looking at the women that were coming back post mat leave thinking, well, <laughs> and it's it, until you've been in that lens, it's very, very difficult to actually appreciate all of the different, you know, different challenges that are coming in. So, yeah, it, 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's reminded me of a program that's on TV at the moment called Maternity. I don't know oh. if you've, I think it's called, and it's about three doctors. It's on ITV and it's about three doctors all going back after maternity leave. You know, one's a surgeon, one's a pediatrician, and one's, um, I don't know, like a, a general doctor. And it is, it's showing them how they are coping with going back with the expectations and their ambitions and everything. And it's just a really interesting lens that um, that it's being shown through because these women are sort of highly qualified, but they've still got the same kind of like internal battles that are going on and picking up their kids and racing into work and then switching their brains over. And then, you know, something happens. We all do it. And I kind of, I'm sat there in a Zoom meeting and I go, oh my God, I've forgotten to put the thing in the school bag. And I've got to sit there and be like, <laughs> pretend that I'm like, oh my God, I need to email the teacher right now, but I'm in the middle of a Zoom meeting and I can't do that. And it's the way our brain, and you know, especially with ADHD, is that our brain is all over the place, backwards and forwards. And, you know, you talked about burnout and, and working in the workplace and, and speaking to all different people, but the the diversity and inclusion as well, with regards to understanding neurodivergent women in the workplace, neurodivergent mums who are coming back from mat leave, who are feeling even more overwhelmed and even more burnt out and need do need these accommodations, do need more help and support. And yes, that's another um, financial drain on, on a business, but the the i think the the it outweighs so much because if you have got a boss that is understanding and compassionate imagine what that employee is going to do they are going to want to work they're going to want to be loyal they're going to want to put their heart and soul into that business that's yeah, um that's just by having understanding and compassion and it just makes so much sense doesn't it but it's it's all about education and 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 that is that is you know what i'm talking to businesses about is saying to them look you know for this short period of time like i talked about earlier you know these different seasons of motherhood this time in in it when they are first coming back in those first few years maybe before the child goes to school you know we're talking about this logistical challenge like no other and if they can support them through that make them feel valued then retention is going to be, I mean, they're going to be loyal, like you say, they're going to be there, they're going to be driven to to want to stay. And and that for yeah, is 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 so beneficial. Yeah. So tell me how I mean, how can people work with you? If they're listening to this conversation now and they're thinking, oh my God, this is exactly me right now. Or maybe they are recognizing they're a few years into this and have never been able to articulate it and validate it. What, what kind of options have you got for, for, for women who would like to work with you? So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching just with the individual woman. They can approach me via, well, Instagram I'm on there, which is Gemma with a G underscore Mercer, M-E-R-C-E-R. Um, also GemmaMercer.com is, is my website. So they can find the details of the individual coaching packages there. Um, and then I also work with organizations um so i'll i can go into workplaces i can educate leaders on what matrescence is and why 
things that we've talked about, why it's so critical that organisations are open to understanding this. And so my website for that is understandingmatrescence.co.uk. So people can find me there also. Um, so yeah, I do the, the educational workshops and then also the coaching similar to the, to the individual coaching, but I can do that in the workplace as well. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like there is this shift now and it is amazing to hear people are wanting to to learn more about matrescence, but also, you know, you're hearing about menopause workshops and recognising how valuable women are in the workplace and what we can contribute and what we can bring. And instead of uh, you sort of like batting us down and giving us more hurdles and challenges, if we're just sort of gentle steering and, you know, accommodations for a few years or just recognition of what we're going through. And again, I don't want to stereotype, but I just know that most men, you know, they may may take paternity leave, but most men, I'm going to speak maybe just my husband, he gets to work and he doesn't really think about all the other stuff going on. You know, he's, he's definitely, as our kids have got older, he's definitely become more attuned to it for sure. And he is a lot more sort of, um, you know, he answers work, um, sorry, he answers school emails and he'll remind me about school things while he's at work. So his his brain is a bit more switched on to that. But before he would literally park his car in the car park, get out, and that would be it till five, six o'clock. Um, and so just for men to be able to understand that, you know, that this is going on and hopefully also for to welcome more men to talk about it because it can't just be a female you know they're both parents and so maybe allowing a bit of compassion and and openness for men to sort of step into that that role as well of being actually you know being a father has changed me as well and it's not just I mean do you, do you have men that come to you yeah. just before we close that say that yeah no that is a really good point absolutely so I talk to men about both patrescence but also from the lens of what their their partner is experiencing because quite often you know again to stereotype the men want to be the fixers and they don't understand why the the, the woman is struggling in the way that she is and so absolutely I've worked with men also a about the transition that they're experiencing because yes of course it does also impact them probably not to the degree that it does a woman but also supporting them so that they can help in the household more they can be more um, aware of the things that are going on through from her perspective Um, and that's a big part of all of this is it's it's educating the woman and the people around that person so that everybody can be involved in making slight changes to people, basically. Um, Because it is, it's about empowering the person to talk about how they're feeling, what they're experiencing, validating it from themselves, but also upskilling themselves to be able to say, actually, I need a bit of help here. (laughs) And there are simple things that you could be doing that could make my life more streamlined or or more more easy. So it's a big part of it too. Oh, well, Gemma, thank you so much. And you listen, good luck with your ADHD journey as well. And I think, you know, obviously you've got a great understanding, but as you learn more about it, you know, to have that neurodivergent lens for you to be able to go into businesses and be able to sort of talk about matrescence alongside neurodiversity is going to be so powerful and um yeah i think you're going to be doing great work so good luck with that thank you very much thank you for having me also it's been a real pleasure (laughs) 
Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you found what you were looking for in this conversation and it's helped guide you towards some further self-healing, self-exploration, and most importantly, self-acceptance. And if you have enjoyed this conversation and would like to experience more of my work, such as access to exclusive live workshops and opportunities for group coaching sessions, connecting with other like-minded women, and a general feeling of belonging, please come and check out my monthly membership, the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Collective. I've made it as affordable as possible, and I offer you lots of resources and opportunities for connection and support from other women all around the world being diagnosed with ADHD later on in life. I'd absolutely love to see you there. All the details are in this episode's show notes or on my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk. See you in the next episode.